Letter eighteen of Clarissa Harlow, Volume three. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Larry Wilson. Clarissa Harlow, Volume three, by Samuel Richardson. Chapter eighteen. Mr. Lovelace to John Belford, Esquire, in continuation. But is it not the divine Clarissa? Harlow, let me not say, my soul spurns them all but her, whom I am thus by application threatening. If virtue be the true nobility, how she is ennobled, and how shall an alliance with her ennoble, were not contempt due to the family from whom she sprang and prefers to me but again uh, let me stop is there not something wrong has there not been something wrong in the divine creature and will not the reflections upon that wrong what though it may be construed in my favour make me unhappy when novelty has lost its charms and when mind and person she is all my own libertines are nicer if at all nice than other men they seldom meet with the stand of virtue in the women whom they attempt and by the frailty of those they have triumphed over they judge of all the rest importunity and opportunity no woman is proof against especially from the persevering lover who knows how to suit temptation's inclinations this thou knowest is a prime article of the rake's creed and what methinks thou askest with surprise dost thou question this most admirable of women the virtue of a clarissa dost thou question i do not i dare not question it my reverence for her will not let me directly question it but let me in my turn ask thee is not may not her virtue be founded rather in pride than in principle whose daughter is she and is she not a daughter if impeccable how came she by her impeccability the pride of setting an example to her sex has run away with her hitherto and may have made her till now invincible but is not that pride abated what may not both men and women be brought to do in a mortified state what mind is superior to calamity pride is perhaps the principal bulwark of female virtue humble a woman and may she not be effectually humbled then who says miss clarissa harlowe is the paragon of virtue is virtue itself all who know her and have heard of her it will be answered common brewery is virtue to be established by common brewery only has her virtue ever been proved who has dared to try her virtue i told thee i would sit down to argue with myself and i have drawn myself into argumentation before i was aware let me enter into a strict discussion of this subject. I know how ungenerous an appearance what I have said, and what I have further to say on this topic, 
will have from me but am i not bringing virtue to a touchstone with a view to exalt it if it come out to be proof avaunt then for one moment all consideration that may arise from a weakness which some would miscall gratitude and is oft-times the corrupter of a heart most ignoble to test then and i will bring this charming creature to the strictest test that all the sex who may be shown any passages in my letters and i know thou cheerest the hearts of all thy acquaintance with such detached parts of mine as tend not to dishonour characters or reveal names and this gives me an appetite to oblige thee by interlardment that all the sex i say may see what they ought to be what is expected from them and if they have to deal with a person of reflection and punctilio of pride if thou wilt how careful they ought to be by regular and uniform conduct not to give him cause to think lightly of them for favours granted which may be interpreted into natural weakness for is not a wife the keeper of a man's honour and do not her faults bring more disgrace upon a husband than even upon herself it is not for nothing jack that i have disliked the life of shackles to the test then as i said since now i have the question brought home to me whether i am to have a wife and whether she be to be a wife at the first or at the second hand i will proceed fairly i do the dear creature not only strict but generous justice for i will try her by her own judgment as well as by our principles she blames herself for having corresponded with me a man of free character and one indeed whose first view it was to draw her into this correspondence and who succeeded in it by means unknown to herself now what were her inducements to this correspondence if not what her niceness makes her think blameworthy why does she blame herself has she been capable of error of persisting in that error whoever was the tempter that is not the thing nor what the temptation the fact the error is now before us did she persist in it against parental prohibition she owned she did was a daughter ever known who had higher notions of the filial duty of the parental authority never what must be the inducements how strong that they were too strong for duty in a daughter so dutiful what must my thoughts have been of these inducements what my hopes built upon them at the time taken in this light well but it will be said that her principal view was to prevent mischief between her brother and her other friends and the man vilely insulted by them all but why should she be more concerned for the safety of others than they were for their own and had not the recounter then happened was it a person of virtue to be prevailed upon to break through her apparent her acknowledged duty upon any consideration and if not was she to be so prevailed upon to prevent an apprehended evil only thou loveless the tempter thou wilt break out and say to be the accuser but i am not the accuser i am the arguer only and in my heart all the time acquit and worship the divine creature 
but let me nevertheless examine whether the acquittal be owing to her merit or to my weakness weakness the true name of love but shall we suppose another motive and that is love a motive which all the world will excuse for her but let me tell all the world that do not because they ought but because all the world is apt to be misled by it let love then be the motive love of whom a loveless is the answer is there but one loveless in the world may not more lovelesses be attracted by so fine a figure by such exalted qualities it was her character that drew me to her and it was her beauty and good sense that riveted my chains and now altogether make me think her a subject worthy of my attempts worthy of my ambition but has she had the candour the openness to acknowledge that love she has not well then if love be at the bottom is there not another fault lurking beneath the shadow of that love has she not affectation or is it pride of heart and what results is then the divine clarissa capable of loving a man whom she ought not to love and is she capable of affectation and is her virtue founded in pride and if the answer to these questions be affirmative must she not then be a woman and can she keep this love at bay can she make him who has been accustomed to triumph over other women tremble can she conduct herself as to make him at times question whether she loves him or any man yet not have the requisite command over the passion itself in steps of the highest consequence to her honour as she thinks i am trying her jack by her own thoughts but suffer herself to be provoked to promise to abandon her father's house and go off with him knowing his character and even conditioning not to marry till improbably the remote contingencies were to come to pass what though the provocations were such as would justify any other woman yet was a clarissa to be susceptible to provocations which she thinks herself highly censurable for being so much moved by but let us see the dear creature resolved to revoke her promise yet meeting her lover a bold and intrepid man who was more than once before disappointed by her and who comes as she knows prepared to expect the fruits of her appointment and resolved to carry her off and let us see him actually carrying her off and having her at his mercy may there not be i repeat other lovelaces other like intrepid persevering enterprisers although they may not go to work in the same way and has then a clarissa herself her judge failed in such great points failed and may she not further fail fail in the greatest point to which all the other points in which she has failed have but a natural tendency nor say thou that virtue in the eye of heaven is as much a manly as a womanly grace by virtue in this place i mean chastity 
and to be superior to temptation my clarissa out of the question nor as thou shall the man be guilty yet expect the woman to be guiltless and even unsusceptible urge thou not these arguments i say since the wife by a failure may do much more injury to the husband than the husband can do to the wife and not only to her husband but to all his family by obtruding another man's children into his possessions perhaps to the exclusion of at least to a participation with his own he believing them all the time to be his in the eye of heaven therefore the sin cannot be equal besides i have read in some places that the woman was made for the man not the man for the woman virtue then is less to be dispensed with in the woman than in the man thou loveless methinks some better man than myself will say to expect such perfection in a woman yes uh, i may answer was not the great caesar a great rake as to women was he not called by his very soldiers on one of his triumphant entries into rome the ball-pated lecher and warning given of him to his wives as well as to the daughters of his fellow-citizens yet did not caesar repudiate his wife for being only in the company with clodius or rather because clodius though by surprise upon her was found in hers and what was the reason he gave for it it was this though a rake himself as i have said and only this the wife of caesar must not be suspected caesar was not a prouder man than lovelace go to then jack nor say nor let anybody say in thy hearing that lovelace a man valuing himself upon his ancestry is singular in his expectations of a wife's purity though not pure himself as to my clarissa i own that i hardly think there ever was such an angel of a woman but has she not as above already taken steps which she herself condemns steps which the world and her own family did not think her capable of taking and for which her own family will not forgive her nor think it strange that i refuse to hear anything pleaded in behalf of a standard virtue from high provocations are not provocations and temptations the tests of virtue a standard virtue must not be allowed to be provoked to destroy or annihilate itself may not the success of him who could carry her thus far be allowed to be an encouragement for him to try to carry her farther tis but to try who will be afraid of a trail for this divine creature thou knowest that i have more than once twice or thrice put to the fiery trial young women of name and character and never yet met with one who held out a month nor indeed so long as i could puzzle my invention i have concluded against the whole sex upon it and now if i have not found a virtue that cannot be corrupted i will swear that there is not one such in the whole sex is not then the whole sex concerned that this trial should be made and who is it that knows this lady that would not stake upon her head the honour of the whole 
let her who would refuse it come forth and desire to stand in her place i must assure thee that i have a prodigious high opinion of virtue as i have of all those graces and excellencies which i have not been able to attain myself every free liver would not say this nor think thus every argument he uses condemnatory of his own actions as some would think but ingenuousness was ever a signal part of my character satan whom thou mayest if thou wilt in this case call my instigator put the good man of old upon the severest trial to his behaviour under these trials that good man owed his honour and his future rewards an innocent person if doubted must wish to be brought to a fair and candid trial rinaldo indeed in ariosto put the mantua knight's cup of trial before him which was to be the proof of his wife's chastity this was the argument for forbearing the experiment why should i seek a think i should be loth to find my wife is a woman the sex is frail i cannot believe better of her than i do it will be to my own loss if i find reason to think worse but rinaldo would not have refused the trial of the lady before she became his wife and when he might have found his account in detecting her for my part i would not have put the cup from me though married had it been but in hope of finding reason to confirm my good opinion of my wife's honour and that i might know whether i had a snake or a dove in my bosom to my point what must that virtue be which will not stand a trial what that woman who would wish to shun it well then a trial seems necessary for the furthest establishment of the honour of so excellent a creature and who shall put her to this trial who but the man who has as she thinks already induced her in lesser points to swerve and this for her own sake in a double sense not only as he has been able to make some impression but as she regrets the impression made and so may be presumed to be guarded against his further attempts the situation she is at present in it must be confessed is a disadvantageous one to her but if she overcome that will redound to her honour shun not therefore my dear soul further trials nor hate me for making them for what woman can be said to be virtuous till she has been tried nor is one effort one trial to be sufficient why because a woman's heart may at one time be adamant at another wax as i have often experienced and so no doubt hast thou a fine time of it methinks thou sayest would the woman have if they were all to be tried but jack i am not for that neither though i am a rake i am not a rake's friend except thine and company's and be this one of the morals of my tedious discussion let the little rogues who would not be put to the question as i may call it choose accordingly let them prefer to their favour good honest sober fellows who have not been used to play dogs tricks who will be willing to take them as they offer and who being tolerable themselves are not suspicious of others but what methinks thou askest is to become of the lady if she fail 
What? Why will she not, if once subdued, be always subdued? Another of our libertine maxims. And what an immense pleasure to a marriage-hater! What rapture to thought to be able to prevail upon such a woman as Miss Clarissa Harlowe to live with him, without real change of name! But if she resist, if nobly she stand her trial, why then I will marry her, and bless my starts for such an angel of a wife. But will she not hate thee? Will she not refuse? No, no, Jack, uh, circumstanced and situated as we are, I am not afraid of that. And hate me? Why should she hate the man who loves her upon proof? And then for a little hint at reprisal, am I not justified in my resolutions of trying her virtue, who is resolved, as I may say, to try mine? Who has declared that she will not marry me till she has hopes of my reformation? And now to put an end to this sober argumentation, wilt thou not thyself, whom I have supposed an advocate for the lady, because I know that Lord M. has put thee upon using the interest he thinks thou hast in me, to persuade me to enter the pale? Wilt thou not thyself allow me to try if I cannot awaken the woman in her? To try if she, with all that glowing symmetry of parts and that full bloom of vernal graces by which she attracts every eye, be really inflexible as the grand article? Let me begin then, as opportunity presents, I will, and watch her every step to find one sliding one, her every moment to find the moment critical, and the rather as she spares me not, but takes every advantage that offers to puzzle and plague me, nor expect nor thinks me to be a good man. If she be a woman and love me, I shall surely catch her once tripping, for love was never a traitor to its harbourer, and love within and I without she will be more than woman, as the poet says, or I less than a man, if I succeed not. Now, Belford, all is out. The lady is mine, shall be more mine. Marriage, I see, is in my power. Now she is so, else perhaps it had not. If I can have her without marriage, who can blame me for trying? If not, great will be her glory and my future confidence. And well will she merit the sacrifice I shall make her of my liberty, and from all her sex honors next to divine, for giving a proof that there was once a woman whose virtue no trials, no stratagems, no temptations, even from the man she hated not, could overpower. Now wilt thou see all my circulation, as in a glass wilt thou see it. Kabbalah, however is in the word, nor let the secret escape thee even in thy dreams. Nobody doubts that she is to be my wife. Let her pass for such when I give the word. Meantime, reformation shall be my stalking horse. Some one of the women in London, if I can get her hither, my bird. And so much for this time. End of Letter 18